Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, this week I want to continue with the theme of our previous segment, which is where we looked at two events that have disrupted the global grain markets. The first one being Russia deciding not to renew the Black Sea grain deal. Now, some of you are probably very familiar with this, but as a refresher, the Black Sea grain deal is a deal that was facilitated by the United Nations and Turkey between Russia and Ukraine to ensure that as the war continues or there are negotiations to resolve the war, at least the grain exports out of Ukraine could continue. Now, this past few weeks, uh, Russia decided not to renew that Black Sea grain deal, and it has caused all kinds of disruptions in the markets. And we've seen prices reacting onto that and showing a bit of an uptick, particularly with prices. The second event is India deciding that, look, they will ban the exports of non-basmati white and broken rice. Um, and that they reason and saying they are worried about the domestic inflation. Both of these are important events. India is a significant player in rice, and that has led to uh, uptick in global rice prices in a similar way as the disruptions that have been caused by the Black Sea grain deal non-renewal. Now, if you go back to our previous segment, you, you can listen to all of the details at which we laid out and how we view these issues and the risks that they present to global food price inflation in general. But there's another thing that I want to highlight, which I had written a piece uh, and published it just around about the 15th of July, uh, which is before all of these events had unfolded. The piece basically looked at the 2023-24 global grain and all seeds production forecast. I had written it uh, following the release of the data by the United States Department of Agriculture. They have a flagship report which they call the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report. This report is released monthly, and it basically looks across the world, as, as it's titled, to say how much grain is produced and how are they thinking about uh, all of this. And the report had painted quite a positive picture about the 2023-24 season in a global perspective. And of course, this is a crop that is currently underway in the Northern Hemisphere, but in the Southern Hemisphere, the season will start around about October. But when they looked at the weather conditions, they looked at the historical data, they came up with reasonably optimistic picture. And this is something that I was looking forward to read because I had been worried about the heat conditions in parts of Europe as well as in the U.S. about what these means for the crop. But the USDA, which is the United States Department of Agriculture Global Report, still painted a positive picture. And I want to highlight some of these crop forecasts because they are important context to this environment where we worried about grain prices following Russia's decision not to renew the Black Sea grain deal and India banning the exports of the non-Basmati white and broken rice. If we start off with wheat, there's a lot of wheat in the world. The USDA forecasts global wheat production at about 797 million tons. This is up 1% from the previous uh, season. And the large harvest is anticipated in the EU, 
if you're thinking about um, the, the Canada, the US, China, India, Turkey, those are some of the countries that I expected to actually have a robust harvest that will push up global production by 1% from the previous season. And as a result of this, there's expectations that the global stocks will also recover by roughly 1% uh, from the previous season. And then you will see the global stocks sitting somewhere at around about 270 million tons. That means then while the exports may have been disrupted in the Black Sea, and that is an impact on prices, the worry at the moment is the movement of the commodity, not necessarily the availability of it in the world market. The commodities are there, but all of these trade disruptions are causing uh, challenges on the movement of commodities. As soon as they are resolved, this means that all of these large supplies that are in the world can be able to move to various consumption points, and this could add downward pressure on prices. That's the story about wheat. If we move to another important grain, which is maize or corn, if you look at the global maize production this year, it's estimated at 1.2 billion tons. That's up 6% from the previous season. And the USDA sees improvements in the US, in Brazil, Argentina, China, and the EU. And it's understandable because if you think about South America, they've had years of dry weather conditions because of the La Nina, which in Southern Africa brings heavy rains, but there in South America, it brings drought. Now, as we transition into El Nino, it is expected that they will receive good rains and that could push up their production. Hence, the USDA focused the global maize production at about 1.2 billion tons, up 6% on a year-on-year basis. And these South American countries are amongst those that will be pushing that production. And of course, as the season uh, is continuing in the Northern Hemisphere, as I said, in Southern Hemisphere, it only starts around about October, and therefore we'll need to keep an eye about what's happening in South America, because it's an anchor of this important uh, global maize production estimates that has been put out. Now, if you consider this production of 1.2 billion tons, consider consumption and all and, and everything else, you find that the stocks will also improve about 6% also on a year-on-year basis to around about 314 million tons. Now, if the stocks level improved by this, naturally, without all of these wars, this would add pressure on prices, downward pressure on prices. You see global maize prices go coming down from these levels that they are in because of expected improvement in stocks. Now, if you think about it, that the wheat stocks are expected to improve, the maize stocks are expected to improve. This is an environment of abundance when you're thinking about grains. And the message doesn't end there because even if you think about rice, Global rice production is estimated at about 521 million tons. You think about this, it's up by 2% from the previous season. Countries that will add to it are Vietnam, Thailand, the US, Pakistan, China, Indonesia, Bangladesh, the Philippines, and even Brazil. And this is going to improve then this global rice um, availability. It also means then even though India is talking about banning the rice exports, they are worried about domestic inflation. 
and and indeed i encourage someone if you haven't listened to go back to the previous podcast and listen to the rationale and the detail that india provided but the point i want to make is that there's a lot of rise in the world market that is expected because even if you consider consumption the stocks global stocks of rice are expected to remain roughly unchanged at about 170 million tons which means that in the absence of all of the disruptions placed by india global rice prices would have also softened now and it's a similar story even about uh, soybeans. If you think about soybeans uh, production, global production is estimated at 405 million tons, up 10% from the previous season. And of course, the improvement is largely South America. If you think about Brazil, Argentina, these countries, they make up roughly half of global soybean production. And if improvement is there in their production is expected, then that means that we could have really decent supplies of soybeans in the world market. After considering consumption and all of the use, you find that the stocks are also expected to improve by 18% from the previous season to around about 121 million tons. Now, with all of this grain, it means then that, again, the core message in the absence of the disruptions on trade, uh, prices would have increased. We could have continued to see the slowing price movement that we have observed over the past few months. If one looks at the FAO's Global Food Price Index, FAO's, which is the Food and Agricultural um, Organization of the United Nations Price Index, you look at the cereals price index or the oilseeds price index, it's down roughly 20% year-on-year basis June this year compared to June last year. And in the absence of these distortions on trade, we would have continued to see those prices softening, even though not fully back to the pre COVID levels. Um, but this is an improvement that we would have seen in, 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 in global food prices in general. But now the disruption is what India is doing um, because they are an important player. I mean, if you think about India in, in global uh, rice exports, they are accounting for roughly over a third of global rice exports. Therefore, a ban on it is naturally an upside um, risk on prices. And the Kremlin deciding that, look, we, we're going to withdraw from the Black Sea grain deal. Uh, that grain deal has been important because since it was instituted in uh, July 2022, if you look at the grain prices from that period to now, as I was saying that they are down by 20% year-on-year basis, the grain, Black Sea grain deal has been part and parcel of making sure that uh, there's a movement on trade, uh, availability of the grain to areas in need. And of course, that has been a downward pressure on prices. So this has been a positive. So all in all, what I wanted to get across this week is to say, look, guys, we have a lot of grain in the world market, but the issue now is the movement of it because of these distortions that are caused by Russia, India. Going forward, then, we have to be monitoring about what happens in these countries and also monitor the weather conditions in South America, because while the estimates are robust and promising, uh, a lot is yet to unfold there as the season starts in October. But if they were to be, India was to decide to 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 to, to take away this ban that they have put in place and withdraw it, and then Russia to get back on a table on a Black Sea grain deal, I think we would be in an environment of slowing global food prices. These are the mainly risk, but in terms of the supply, the numbers are looking great. Let me stop there, uh, uh, folks, for the week. I know that I had promised to talk about South Africa's food price inflation. I'll come back to that, but I thought we wouldn't have completed the discussion about 
the India and the Black Sea without actually painting a little bit of color about how much grain is there because I've seen on social media other people worried about the availability and as to whether is there enough grain there in the world and I wanted to answer that and say there's a lot of grain in the world but there's just interruptions on movement of that grain. I'll come back to the inflation um, podcast for South Africa possibly in the coming week. That's again if there isn't something that is more urgent that we we have to look at. Let me stop there for for the for, for now. My name is Wandile Sihlobo. I'm an agricultural economist based in Pretoria. You can read more some of the things that I write in my blog wandilesihlobo.com. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast or in the website of the organization that I work for which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, www.agbiz.co.za. You'll find some of the insights that we publish there on our website. Thank you so very much for listening.